Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs, broadcasting live from the NYC. For the next hour, I'm going to give you the latest entertainment and celebrity news on the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, Common, Aisha Curry, Tamar Braxton, Kim Kardashian, and a whole lot more. So don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after these messages. I wasn't prepared to be a caregiver to mom. I had no idea how hard it would be and what I would need to know. Things I never thought of, like how to improve her mood and ways for me to stay positive. Luckily, I found the Caregiving Resource Center from AARP. It had articles about the basics, but also information about the hurdles I was facing. Caregiving Resource Center at aarp.org caregiving. Articles, tips, and tools to help you both care for your loved one and care for yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. GTG, BRB, OMW, be there in a few. You may think that these kinds of texts are fine because of their links, and you can easily send them at a stoplight. But no, answering one text can take your attention away from the road for five seconds. And traveling at 55 miles an hour, that's enough time to travel the length of a football field. Make good decisions. Don't text and drive. Visit stoptextstoprex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. To protect his family from disaster, Steve used his camera phone. Done. By taking pictures of his important documents, Steve can always have them stored online. Learn more simple disaster prep tips at ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. You're listening to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy jones Gibb, where every week I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you like this show and you want to know what's going on in the world of entertainment, make sure you click on the follow-up button on top of the show page. That way you get a reminder when I broadcast live. Also, if you want to make a comment about any of today's stories, give me a call. The call-in number is 347-637-2656 and press the number 1. That's 347 and press the number one. Like us on Facebook. Just go to www.facebook.com slash thatsentertainment.radio. Follow us on Twitter at thatsentertain1. That's T-H-A-T-S entertained in the number one. You can also follow me on Twitter at stiletto14, stiletto like the shoe, S-T-I-L-E-T-T-O in the number 14. And also follow me on Instagram. Just go to tjonesgives. That's T-J-O-N-E-S G-I-V-B-S. Right now, the current temperature in the NY is a sunny 68 degrees. Before I get started with any of the stories of the day, I'd like to give a shout-out to everyone who's been listening on the phone lines, in the, um, on your computers, or just listening through the network. Thank you again for joining me here on this Wednesday afternoon. So lots to talk about on this Wednesday afternoon. Good news. 
finally, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex had the baby. That's right. They, Megan had a beautiful baby boy, and we're going to be talking about it. And, and Harry, he's had, you know, they had a press conference, and they looked so proud and so loving, the two of them, with their bundle of joy. So we're going to be talking about that today. Uh, also this week, uh, Common has a new memoir, and uh, he dropped some bombs. Some, some things that we never knew that happened to him because he never talked about it. And for the first time, he has written a memoir talking about some, uh, some shocking news that happened in his childhood. We're going to be talking about that today. Also, the beautiful Aisha Curry, you know her as the wife of basketball great Stephen Curry from the Golden State Warriors. Well, she has uh, talks about how... Uh, she was on uh, Jada Pickett-Smith's uh, Red Table Talk talking about how she has to handle the groupies that be coming for her husband, and she gets real, real about it. So we're going to be talking about that today. Also, Tamar Braxton is hitting back at social media trolls for criticizing about, uh, you know, last week I was telling you her niece had passed away suddenly at the age of 24 from a sudden, a, a sudden heart condition. Well, Tamar didn't go to the funeral. Uh, she talks about why she, kind of like an excuse why she didn't go. So people went in on her. Also, uh, Kim Kardashian is getting ready to uh, have a new TV documentary uh, detailing her work towards criminal justice reform. How about that? And um, Kevin Hunter, you know, Wendy, Wendy Williams, soon-to-be ex, he is now seeking a bunch of money from her. That's right. And we're not surprised. He wants to, according to the documents that were obtained by TMZ, he wants to, uh, Wendy to pay him spousal support and also child support for uh, Kevin Jr. And R. Kelly, he's back in court. Uh, apparently, he demanded that prosecutors provide copies of evidence that to uh, to collect as part of the sex crime case. Like in other words, he wants to see evidence of these sex tapes that that they allege they have on him. Mm-hmm. And um, Madonna has announced her first set of residency date here in North America. We're going to be talking about that. So, without further ado. Let's get started with the most talked about stories of the day. Hit it. All right. Oh, before I get started with all the main stories, uh, I'd like to talk about the Met Gala this week. Uh, the Met Gala was here in New York City. They have it every year, and it's like one of the biggest fashion they, you know, some of the most talked about fashions throughout the whole year. Celebrities get prepared for it. You see some of the most beautiful, outrageous, stunning fashions at the Met Gala. And uh, this year, the theme was campy. Now, um, a lot of people who, a lot of celebrities who got the memo or who got the invite about what the theme was, I were a little confused because uh, even I was confused. I didn't even know. But uh, campy was is just another term for uh, being over the top, outrageous, something out of the ordinary. Um, 
almost flamboyant-like. And uh, that was the theme. And I tell you, a lot of celebrities did not disappoint. Um, Katy Perry, she came dressed like a chandelier with the lights on and everything. Some people thought it was a little costumish. Uh, if that's the word, it looked more like a costume. But I, I thought she was one of the best dressed. Cardi B had a beautiful uh, crimson red, feathery, long train uh, dress on, beautiful. Uh, Janae Monet, she had a very interesting outfit with the top. Where she had like like it looked like there was four hats on top stacked on top of each other, and she had an eye eye on her bosom that actually winked. Yes, she was, and there was a lot of couples there. Priyanka Chopra and Nick Jonas was there. Joe Jonas and his wife they came to the Met Ball. J Lo and Alex Rodriguez they were there. Um, they didn't disappoint. Um, some of the most flamboyant of the night was from uh, director Ryan Murphy. He had uh, this long beaded cape, and Billy Porter, actor Billy, actor singer Billy Porter, he came in like an Egyptian god. He was carry on. He had his carriers come in and. He just was fabulous all around. He looked like a phoenix with wings, and it was incredible. They really, really did outdo themselves this year. Um, Zendaya came as Cinderella. She looked beautiful. Oh, who else was there? Um, there was a lot of people who, a lot of celebrities who were there for the first time. Lady Gaga, of course, she didn't disappoint. She came there with her handlers. She had a long pink flowy number, and then she peeled that off. Then she had a little black gown, and they peeled that off. Then she had another pink outfit. Then they peeled that off, and then she had like a, a, a like a like a bra and, and panty type number in all black. Oh, it was just fabulous. I mean, every year it's just amazing what they come up and what you see at these uh, Met Gala events. So I, I definitely wish I could. You know, I think next year I'm going to see if I can go to the hotel. Because, you know, the, the the celebrities go to certain hotels to get prepared and made up before they head to the the actual gala event, so uh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna see if I can go next year because I, I you know I know where they're gonna be, so why not just go down there and take some pictures, you know? <laughs> um, again, I like to say congratulations to the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, Harry and Meghan is the proud parents of a beautiful baby boy. Uh, you know, Megan uh, originally had wanted to give birth at, at their home, but I think uh, from what I read, uh, the U.K. Sun, they said that she did go to the hospital. Uh, she had natural birth. They, there was a lot of rumors talking about that she was going to have a C-section, which she did it, and then they came out with the press conference. And I got to say, they look beautiful. Megan, of course, looked stunning. But, you know, when once you give a birth to a baby, you know, a lot of people were saying that, you know, how come, you know, she had to come out, you know, give her some time to rest. But, you know, once you give 
birth naturally, you they, they here in the states they ready to kick you out of the hospital after a day or two. You know, you're not in that hospital for no more than I think two or three days. Now, if you had a cesarean birth, you're there for a week, just about. You can't lift nothing. You can't you can't hold nothing. And if you notice, Harry was holding the baby. Right, it wasn't Megan, and you know, as I remember and recall, when uh, uh, Kate and William, when she had birth, gave birth, Kate was holding the baby, and remember when Princess Diana, she when she hold with William, she she was the one holding the baby, but this time Harry was holding the baby, so. I thought that was beautiful, and and they were so sweet and loving, and it was just beautiful, and uh. You know, I I just want to say that um, you know we here in the states we're like in we're like obsessed with them, you know, because I guess the fact that uh, Megan is American, she's from California, so we're like really obsessed with them, you know, we just can't get enough of them. So uh, going back to them, you know, they again they stepped out to give the world a glimpse of the new baby boy who made his public debut. Today, Wednesday, outside of St. George Hall in Windsor Castle, uh, where they had their royal wedding reception, um, the Duke, who's 34, and the Duchess, who's 37, they welcomed the child on Monday, May 6, after having been more than a week overdue. And Megan was asked, what was it like being a new mom? And she said, quote, it's magic. It's pretty amazing. I have the best two guys in the world, so I'm really happy. She also went on to say that baby Sussex has the sweetest temperament, and he's really calm. Well, see, that's, yeah, because he's just, he's only two days old. Wait till about, uh, I say, in a couple more weeks when he starts getting, you know, bigger, and he's thirsty, and he's hungry, and he needs a diaper change. He he won't be quiet for long. <laughs> um, but, um when when uh, Megan said that, Harry said that I don't know where he gets that from, you know, his quiet demeanor and sweet temperament. So he said, I wonder where he gets that from. And they also, uh, this just came in over the wire. Uh, Us Weekly just reported because before they didn't they didn't have a name for the baby, but Us Weekly just came out with a report that saying that they did reveal the name of the their child. Uh, they said here the Duke and Duchess Obsessors are pleased to announce that they have named their firstborn child Archie Harrison Mountbatten Windsor. Now they said that. They 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 announced this on Instagram today. Uh, this after well, it's after this. It's um, almost late afternoon, early evening in uh, uh, the UK. So they said this afternoon, their Royal Highness introduced Her Majesty the Queen to her eight grand great grandchild at Windsor Castle, and the Duke of Edinburgh and the Duchess mother were also present for this special occasion. Following the baby birth, Harry gushed about being a new father to reporters. And uh, Megan's mother, uh, Doria Ragland, she was also present for the birth, and she reportedly went down to the couple home in Frogmore Cottage on the estate of Windsor Castle, where they were married last May. Um, 
the child will be entitled to joint British and American citizenship, according to uh, several published reports. Um, however, he will not automatically be a prince until such a title is bestowed by the queen via that via what is known as a letter patent. So um, he's seven in line from the reports that I read. So. Um, you know, there's a process, and uh, for all my U.K. listeners, you know how it works, but it is a process. So congratulations again to the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Uh, for uh, uh, Congratulations on their first baby, their firstborn, and uh, we're just so excited. We're just excited that the baby is here. Uh Right now, we have 16 minutes after the hour. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy jones where Every week, uh, between 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, I bring you the latest in entertainment news and pop culture. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. Uh, That's Entertainment has literally been here for 10 years here on the network, so we're very proud. And I also want to thank everybody for their support from listening throughout the years. And thank you for tuning in and supporting the show week after week. Um, In his new memoir, Let Love Have the Last Word, rapper commented open about his uh, uh, very illustrated career, his relationship with his 22-year-old daughter, and a deeply painful childhood experience that he is still trying to wrap his head around with the help of a therapist. In the book, the Oscar winner revealed that it wasn't until two years ago while worshiping a scene, uh, workshopping a scene, rather, with an actress and friend, Laura Dern, for their role in the, the tale that he recalled being molested as a child. The alleged abuse occurred when he was just 9 or 10 years old while growing up in Chicago. Uh, This is what he uh, said um, in the book. He said he was excited for a road trip that he was about to take with his family, um, his mother, his godmother, uh, her son, and his godbrother, Skeet, and, and his relative, who he'll call Brandon. Common said that he and Brandon had to share a bed one night uh, on the trip while staying at his aunt's house. And at some point, Brandon um, uh, kind of put, put his hand below his waist. And he remembers saying to him, you know, stop, no, but Brandon wouldn't stop. And he kept saying, it's okay, it's okay. And then he uh, pulled down common shorts and molested him. And after he stopped, he kept asking him, Common, to perform the same thing on him. And he kept telling him no and kept pushing him away. And he felt a deep and sudden shame for what had happened. Now, um, Common said that he pushed the whole thing out of his head. This is what he writes in the book. And he said that it was a matter of survival. And even now, two years after that flash resurgence of memories that as he was writing, he was still working through all of this in himself and with his therapist. The hip-hop star and activist said he had never spoken about the incident with the, the abuser who has, he hasn't seen in over 25 years. And during his uh, interview with Good Morning America with Robin Roberts, Common said that as a black man, they, we don't talk about those issues in ways that we could. 
And he said, quote, I felt I wanted to create a space for people who had experienced that to be able to share that, that part of healing, to be honest. No sooner than I told the story, one of my good friends came out and told me it had happened to him. He also noted that the abuse was something that he didn't know if he wanted to talk about, but he said he really believed in telling his story so that other people would be okay with talking about their situation. Common also said that he has finally reached a place of forgiveness, and now fans can pre-order his book, Let Love Have the Last Word Today. And I believe uh, Common's here in New York for a book signing. I don't know if it's this week or next week, but he's supposed to be doing a book signing soon. Um, having a husband with good looks and talents do come with consequences, and Aisha Curry has experienced it firsthand. During an interview with Jada Pinkett Smith on her Facebook show, Red Table Talk, the Canadian beauty admitted to hating Stephen Curry's female fans so much to the point where she wanted to punch somebody in the face, explaining that her husband had always been very nice and very friendly by nature. She revealed that she was very aware of female fans' intentions with the basketball player, and that made her very uncomfortable. She also went on to say that she never blamed Stephen for the way the female fans behave around him. Uh, she said that uh, it, it, it's, it's never him, she said. It's always the other person. And he doesn't necessarily know how to deal with that because he's just generally a, just a nice guy, and he can't see it coming. He, and she said that she could see it from a mile away. Now, the female fan's behavior was so apparently so bad that she ended up having anxiety after having one upsetting encounter with them. And all of this happened when she was breastfeeding her daughter in the car. And she said that a group of his fans just approached the vehicle, opened the car door, and hoped to find Stephen there. And she said while she was sitting there nursing the baby, she said this one lady, this group, this group of women came over and they asked Stephen for pictures of the autograph, and then one woman opened the door, she stuck her head, her body in the car, and she was like, oh, let me see. And um, I guess she wanted to see the baby, and then uh, uh, Aisha said that uh, she told the fan to get out. She refused to let her see the baby, and she, the lady told her, quote, oh, honey, you know what you signed up for, unquote. And Aisha says she admitted that the encounter stayed with her for a long time. Now, um, you know what? I'm not surprised by this because we all know that athletes, especially basketball players, they have a lot of groupies. You've seen them. They follow them all over the country. They know what hotel they're staying in. They know how to get up in the hotel. Then women, there's some women, they, they'll hide, you know, when room service comes, they'll hide in the room service tray, and that's how they get in the room. They're very um, persistent, aggressive, to say the least. And, you know, they just be throwing themselves at them. And all it takes is one one time for, you know, for your, your man to slip. And then it's on. And remember, Kobe Bryant had that incident in Colorado at the hotel where the, the girl, um, the hotel worker went up there. And she said that he raped her. And uh, he said it was consensual. Remember when the... 
uh, Mike Tyson, the the beauty pageant girl went up to his room. First of all, if you go into a man room at one two in the morning, you know it, that that's you know it's going to go down. You know there's going to be some sex going down. One or two in the morning, come on. So let's let's stop playing ourselves. We know what's going on, and especially when it comes to these athletes, these women. And remember, um, it was alleged that uh, Lala Anthony and Carmelo, uh, when Carmelo was playing for the Knicks, there was some some incident with some fan with Carmelo. So it's not surprising you know but you know she knows that you know that her husband is very kind he's he's you know he's very friendly but not too friendly where you know he's gonna you know take you know try to give in but you know this is what was like and uh, she just was speaking her truth she was just speaking her truth. Uh, Tamar Braxton is hitting back at social media trolls for criticizing uh, after she was. She claimed that she was too drained to attend her niece's funeral. Lauren Braxton, the daughter of the singer's brother, Michael Conrad Braxton Jr., died on April 29th at the age of 24 after reportedly suffering from a heart condition. It's not clear when the family plans to lay her to rest, but in an Instagram Live video posted last Thursday, May 2nd, Tamar blamed exhaustion coupled with her busy touring schedule for choosing not to join her relatives at Lauren's memorial. Now, Tamar also admitted that the infighting within her loved ones with whom she co-stars on the reality TV show Braxton Family Values has taken its toll. Her comments sparked a backlash among some followers who branded her selfish and disrespectful. But Tamar refused to stand for the criticism and responded on Friday by sharing a philosophical statement by Nigerian radio personality Toki Makinwa urging people not to pass judgment over how other grieve loss. Tamar captioned the post and said, quote, and now you know the rest of the story. So in other words, she's touring the country with the Candy Birds, who you know from the Real Housewives of Atlanta and from Escape. Uh, they're doing a, a on-the-road show, and uh, plus she's doing some other tour singing and whatever. And she was just too exhausted to come to her niece's funeral. But I think, you know, but you know, she's in other words, she said she didn't want to be bothered with her sisters and the arguing and the fighting. She just wasn't for it. So, I mean, my listeners, do you think Tamar was wrong? Do you think she should have just said, uh, Candy, I'm gonna have to take a couple of days. My niece just recently died. Suddenly, I gotta go to the funeral. Or you think she was just, just was she right to say, you know, I'm exhausted, I'm tired, I can't come? Do you think that was right for her to do that? Give me a call. The call-in number is three four seven six three seven two six five six, and press the number one. Again, three four seven six three seven two six five six, and press the number one. Uh, Kim Kardashian is set to front a new TV documentary detailing her work towards criminal justice reform. The Keeping Up with the Kardashian star has turned the legal issue into a personal mission in the past year, playing an instrumental role in securing the freedom of low-level drug offenders Jeffrey Stringer and Alice Marie Johnson, who have both been serving life sentences behind bars following decades of old convictions. 
Now, uh, Kim is studying to become a lawyer. She has scored her own deal with uh, Oxygen Media to executive produce her show, Kim Kardashian, The Justice Project. Now, Kim Kardashian, The Justice Project is an, ex- is an exclusive, never-before-seen look inside her mission to tackle one of America's most controversial subjects. The news of the TV documentary emerged hours after it was revealed that Kim had quietly helped to negotiate the release of a further 17 inmates who were serving time for minor drug offenses in cases similar to those of Stringer and Johnson. The mother of three activism was part of the 90-day of freedom campaign launched by her legal representative in partnership with her lawyer to promote the First Step Act, which reduced mandatory minimum sentences and expands on good time credit for well-behaved prisoners looking to shorten their sentences. Kim, who had previously encouraged President Trump to pass the bill, is said to be funding the lawyer work on the project. Right now we have uh, 28 minutes uh, after the hour uh, coming up. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Kevin Hunter, the soon-to-be ex-husband, uh, TV talk show host Wendy Williams. Well, he is trying to seek, trying to get a lot of money out of her. Uh, he wants a, a spousal support and child support from her. We're going to be talking about that. R. Kelly. Uh, was back in court yesterday uh, as his, his attorney demanded that the Illinois prosecutors provide copies of evidence collected as part of his sex crime case. And Madonna has announced her first set of resident dates for her North American leg. And uh, she also talks about how she blamed the media for hyping her former feud with Lady Gaga. We're going to be talking about that. And uh, Black Panther star Chadwick Boseman will be uh, swinging a sword in the next movie as he becomes the first African samurai. All those stories and more coming up in the next half hour, so don't go anywhere.
Entertainment news and pop culture every Wednesday afternoon with the host Tammy Jones Gibbs right here on Block Talk Radio. Right now we got 25 minutes left remaining in the show. That was the latest from uh, the weekend featuring SZA and Travis Scott. Power is power from the Games of Thrones soundtrack. Uh, before we went to the music break, I was telling you about Kevin Hunter, the now soon-to-be ex-husband of TV talk show host Wendy Williams. He's seeking a bunch of money from her. We can't say that we're anyway surprised. Uh, Hunter filed his response to Wendy's divorce petition, and according to the documents obtained by TMZ, he wants her to pay him spousal support and also child support for their son, Kevin Jr., now, you also probably won't be surprised to learn that Hunter also is demanding that William pay for Kevin Jr., who's going to turn 19 in August, his college expenses. Wendy's filed for divorce last month in New Jersey, where they used to live together. The long-expected move came weeks after Kevin's alleged mistress gave birth, and he believes to be the father. Now, Kevin was also the executive producer on Wendy's show and was her personal manager. Uh, as reported, Kevin's has been booted off the show, and Wendy's in the market of a new manager. Uh, in related news, uh, Wendy Williams has opened up about a few details concerning her personal life amid the divorce drama and her estranged husband, Kevin Hunter. On her daytime talk show on Monday, Wendy, uh, Williams noted how she is looking forward to making some changes in her life, and that includes exiting the sober house she has been living in. 
Williams filed for divorce from her husband of 22 years last week, and now many are speculating about just how much of her multimillion-dollar fortune is at risk because she reportedly has no prenup in place. And this is according to News One. The outlet also cites that Celebrity Network, which claims the daytime diva is worth $40 million. R. Kelly was back in court on Tuesday as his attorney demanded Illinois prosecutors provide copies of evidence collected as part of his sex crime case. The I Believe I Can Fly hitmaker has pleaded not guilty to 10 felony aggravated sex abuse charges for allegedly assaulting four victims, three of whom were underage at the time. One piece of evidence collected by authorities is a sex tape said to feature Kelly and one of the minor victims, which was provided via disgraced attorney Michael Avenetti, who represented two of the singer's accusers. Now, Kelly attorney Steve Greenberg had been pressing prosecutors to hand over a copy of the X-rated video so that they can examine it for themselves. And during the brief hearing on Tuesday, he explained he was still waiting for his request to be granted. Greenberg also wants investigators to turn over any correspondence that they had with Avenetti prior to him submitting the sex tape to be used as evidence in the criminal case because he is considered to be a chain of custody witness. The judge presiding over the case asked Kelly's attorney to state specifically why the material may prove important in his client's defense and set their next hearing for June 26th. Madonna has announced the first set of residency dates for the North American leg of her highly anticipated Madam X tour. The pop music icon who released uh, Madeline as the first single from her upcoming Madam X album last month will embark on a string of shows across North America beginning in September with the jaunt set to run through 2020. Now opening with seven shows at the Bam Howard Gilman Opera House in New York, the star will play four days at the Chicago Theater uh, in Chicago in October before moving on to Los Angeles for a five-night stint at the Wiltern. Further North American dates are set to be announced for 2019 with the Like a Prayer hitmaker expected to announce shows in uh, Las Vegas, Philadelphia, Boston, and Miami. Now, Madonna will then head over to Europe for shows in Lisbon, London, and Paris in 2020 as part of the world tour. And speaking of Madonna, she has blamed the media for hyping up her former feud with Lady Gaga, insisting they were never enemies. The two-pop superstar appeared to have fallen out years ago when critics suggest that Gaga's 2011 hit, Born This Way, was heavily inspired by Madonna's 1989 release, Express Yourself, and the material girl agreed. They continue to trade jabs through the press over the years of Gaga's seemingly offending the 60-year-old in 2016 when she branded comparisons between the pair ridiculous as she pointed out that she played her own instruments while Madonna didn't. However, the singers finally managed to put the fallout behind them in February when Gaga was invited to celebrate her Oscar win for Best Original Song for attending an Academy Award after party hosted by Madonna and her manager, Guy Asiri, in Los Angeles, where they share a warm embrace for the camera. Now Madonna has briefly uh, shared her thoughts on, a, on the eight-year dispute in a new cover interview for British Vogue. 
And uh, this is what she said. People got very excited about the thought of Lady Gaga and myself as enemies when we were never were enemies. And uh, she said she uh, she was reflecting on the way members of the press tend to put, uh, pit women against one another. During the candid chat, Madonna admitted she no longer has any artists she looks up to because she really is in a league of her own at this point in her personal and professional career. And I agree with Madonna. The media always like to pit women against each other, just like with Cardi B and Nicki Minaj or uh, Remy Ma and, and Nicki Minaj. I mean, it's just they do this all the time. And uh, and who knows, you know? And we're hoping that you know, Madonna. Uh, I'm sorry, um, Cardi B and Nicki Minaj make up, and hopefully they straighten things out. Because you know, remember uh, uh, last year uh, at the Met Gala, there was that incident. Now um, this year, they um, came in. Matter of fact, Cardi B came at the Met Gala first, and then Nicki Minaj came in like a couple of minutes after her. So everything was quiet um, at the uh, gala. No incident of women slapping or running up on each other. Nothing like that. A Thor star, Chris Hemsworth, is teaming up with Tiffany Haddish for an unlikely buddy cop movie. Down on the cover will be introduced at the upcoming Cannes Film Festival in France at, by uh, bosses at CAA and Film Nation, the same team that mastermind international distribution deal for Jessica Chastain's all-woman spy thriller 355 at the event last year. Helmsworth would play a detective intent on cracking a casino heist surrounding a troupe of Australian male erotic dancers, while Haddish would play his no-nonsense partner. And this is according to Deadline. It's not Helmsworth's first comedy. He previously appeared in the Ghostbuster remake, which came out in 2016. And Black Panther star Chadwick Boseman will be swinging a sword in his next movie as the first African samurai. The, Af- the actor will take on the role of Yasuki, a Mozambique uh, native who served under Japanese warlord Oda Nobunaga in 16th century Japan. This is according to Deadline. A Mozambique, I'm sorry. You, uh, Yasuki was a slave to Jesuit missionaries, and he became the first black man to set foot on Japanese soil. And Bozeman said that the legend of Yasuki, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, is one of America's best-kept secrets, the only person of non-Asian origin to become a samurai. And uh, Bozeman said that that's just not an action movie, that's a cultural event, an exchange, and he said he's excited to be a part of it. Right now we have 16 minutes uh, after the hour. I'm going to also take another uh, music break. And uh, when I come back, I'm going to give you the last remaining stories of the day. So uh, don't go anywhere. Not a bad idea, can't drink, we got to think it, I'm not a idea, it's too late to tell you that everything is a thing if I can't have you, I'm in the middle and I got 
Sean Mendes, if I can't have you. He performed it at the, on Saturday Night Live last weekend. I like Sean Mendes. I'm a big fan of his. Right now we have here uh, 13 minutes left remaining in the show. And for the last remaining stories of the day, I also want to say congratulations to Miss Amy Schumer. She has uh, taken to Instagram to officially announce the name of her first child, with her husband, Chris Fisher, two days after giving birth to their baby boy on late uh, Sunday, uh, May 5th, the train wreck star revealed the baby's name along with a new picture of the newborn and an adorable snap. The two-day-old boy sweetly stared to the camera while his father carried him on his arms. The 37-year-old comedian simply captioned it, Gene Attell Fisher and his dad, Chris. Now, Amy and Chris welcomed their son on Sunday night, May 5th, the same day Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, royal baby, was born. It's the first child for both the actress and the chef who wed in February of 2018 after dating for around a year. And then on Monday, she shared the first picture of the newborn baby boy. The former inside Amy Schumer was lying in the hospital bed and cradling their baby um, as her husband planted a kiss on her, and she gave a nod to Harry and Meghan's first child. She wrote in the caption, quote, 10.55 p.m. last night, our royal baby was born, unquote. And on the way to the hospital on Sunday evening, Amy, get this, stopped by the museum, um, the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York, where the 2019 Met Gala recently took place, dressing casually in a gray T-shirt, a beige cardigan, black leggings, and sneakers, and she posed on the stairs as the crew had begun the preparation for the Star Study event. She um, captioned the photo shared on Instagram, and she said, uh, uh, quote, Met looks this year. 
Last night on the way to the hospital, unquote. Now, Amy was a guest at the annual fundraising event in 2016 and 2017. Her hilarious posts received positive responses from her followers and fellow celebrities. And Disney had made some adjustments to its slate following the acquisition of 20th Century Fox. The announcement brings good news for Star Wars fans who will get more installment of the franchise after Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker as the studio has added three new Star Wars entries. The current untitled movie, which will hit theaters after the last installment of the Skywalker saga, are all scheduled to open around Christmas. The first of the three new... Um, Entries will be released on December 16, 2022, followed by two other movies on December 20, 2024, and December 18, 2026. Meanwhile, moviegoers have to wait a little longer for the long-awaited Avatar sequel, as of all four movies are moved a year later than their previous release dates. Avatar 2 will... Uh, uh, I guess appear uh, on December 17, 2021, instead of December 18, 2020. And Avatar 3 will open on December 22, 2023, as opposed to December 17, 2021. Now, Avatar 4 is moved from December 20 to 2024 to December 19, 2025. And Avatar 5 will launch on December 17, 2027. Woo! Now, seeing... Um, now, there was supposed to be a movie called Gannon. Uh, apparently, they dropped that movie. Disney dropped it from its current schedule. The project, which would focus on the Marvel comic characters, which was once featured in X-Men Origin Wolverine, had Shannon Tatum on board a star and was previously slated for March 13, 2020, release, despite showing almost no progress so far. And another X-Men spinoff movie, The New Mutant Star Macy Williams is once again moved after going through several delays. It's now slated to arrive on April 3rd, 2020, a few months earlier than its previous day of August 2nd, 2020. And, you know, Steven Spielberg's new West Side Story adaptation, uh, it's going to bow on December 18th. This is in 2020, while Cruella, a live-action 101 Dalmatian spinoff, will launch on December 23rd. Brad Pitt's Ad Astra has been pushed back from May 24, 2019, to September 20, 2019. And Indiana Jones 5, which Spielberg hopefully will be working on after he finished West Side Story, is still on track for its July 21st, 2021 release. And country music legend Randy Travis, he ranked in his 60th birthday on Sunday, May 4, by making a rare public appearance on stage at the uh, Fable Grand Ole Opera. Uh, the forever and ever Amen singer has kept a low profile ever since losing his voice following a massive stroke in 2013, but he made an exception this weekend as he joined fans and famous friends to take part in a special celebration event held in his honor at the Nashville, Tennessee venue. Travis marked his age milestone with artists, including his fellow country music hall of famers, Charlie Warsham, Josh Turner, and singer-actor Charles Esteem. The birthday boy was also treated to a star-studded video message featuring well wishes from Carrie Underwood and a host of other artists. And the CW has revealed a new addition to its lineup for 2019 to 2020 season. The network has picked up three of its pilots to series with Batwoman and a Riverdale spinoff among them. 
Batwoman star Ruby Rose has been given a series order after the character made her debut in last year's Arrowverse TV crossover event, Elseworld. The new series follows Kate Kane, a.k.a. Batwoman, who will mark the first gay character to live a live-action superhero show. And Katie Keene, a Riverdale spinoff, is also among the new series getting picked up by the network. Based on the character of Archie Comics, the series will star Lucy Hale and Ashley Murray, the, late, the latter of whom will be playing an age-up version of her character, Josie. And it was previously revealed that Kate Keene will not be set in the same time period as Riverdale. And Nancy Drew has also picked up two series. Based on the popular young adult books, the series is set to introduce newcomer Kennedy McMahon. It follows an 18-year-old Nancy Drew who thought she would be leaving her hometown for college after her high school graduation, but when a family tragedy holds her back another year, she finds herself embroiled in a ghostly murder investigation and along the way uncover secrets that run deeper than she ever imagined. Meanwhile, Jane the Virgin spin off Jane the Novella, which features Jacqueline Grace Lopez, is not moving forward. I used to read Nancy Drew books as a child. I loved those books. I used to have a whole collection. I used to that they were some of my favorite books as a, a teen. I loved Nancy Drew. And Busy Phillips, uh, she talked about her talk show. Um, well, unfortunately, her talk show has been canceled by uh, the ETV network. The 39-year-old actress broke the news to her fan in a lengthy video message shared on her Instagram story on Sunday night, explained that the network had opted not to pick up the program for any further episodes after the last one aired on May 16. Busy added she's trying to find another home for the show, which has hosted since it premiered on October 28 of last year, and added that she feels she accomplished so much during the six months the show has been airing busy and says she's proud so she's proud of the series praising her creative saddle which 89 percent is female former dawson creek star busy promised her fans she would obviously let them know what's happening and since the show premiere busy had interviewed famous faces including tina fey mindy kaling and chloe kardashian and singer Marie Osmond will officially replace Sarah Gilbert as the moderator on the daytime talk show, The Talk. Gilbert recently announced she was quitting the show to focus on other ventures and spend more time with her kids. And it was rumored that Osmond was in the running to step in, and now it's official. She joins E, Carrie Ann Anaba, Sharon Osborne, and Cheryl Underwood for the upcoming 10th season of the show. She has guest hosts more than 40 times. The show will coincide with the end of her residency at the Flamingo in Las Vegas with Brother Donnie, which will end in November after an 11-year run. Marie, who also hosted a talk show with her brother in the late 1990s, confirmed the news by posting a video online on Tuesday shortly after the announcement was made during the show. She said, quote, I am thrilled to be joining season 10 and sitting around the table with these fabulous women at the talk, unquote. And Kiefer Sutherland, political drama designated survivor, set to get a Korean TV makeover. Bosses at TVN has an, uh, TV, TVN has optioned a local version of the thriller, which will launch in July, and this is according to Deadline. Sutherland's show, in which he played a reluctant U.S. leader, initially aired on ABC in America, but the series' third season will premiere exclusively on Netflix. 
uh, Jai Jin He will take on a version of Kiefer uh, Sutherland's character. Thomas Kirkham, who became president following a terrorist attack which claimed the lives of the U.S. leader and his administration. The Korean show will be titled Designated Survivor 60 Days. And uh, Avenger Endgame broke another record in this second week after becoming the fastest movie to reach 1 billion worldwide. The movie has now crossed the 2 billion mark in the second week, adding approximately 145.8 million domestically and 282.2 million overseas. It has collected an estimated global haul of 2.2 billion so far. NGA has now become the second highest grossing film of all time, surpassing James Cameron's Titanic, which earned $2.187 billion. Uh, it is now trailing behind Cameron's 2009 huge sci-fi hit Avatar, which still holds the title of the highest grossing movie globally with $2.8 billion. And Blink-182 has teamed up with Lil Wayne for a co-headline North American tour that will kick off this summer. The rock band and the rapper made the surprising announcement on Monday, May 6th, along with a video of their joint performance that featured a mashup of their hit song, What My Age Again, and A Millie. The tour will launch on June 27th at the Nationwide Arena in Columbus, Ohio, and including stops in such cities as Indianapolis, Virginia Beach, Houston, and San Diego, among others. Certain dates will coincide with Blink-182 appearance on the Van Warp Tour 25th Anniversary Reunion, while Wayne will opt out from appearing at shows in Wichita and Council Bluff. It's unknown why the hip-hop mogul decided not to appear on the shows that will be held on September 6th and 7th. Wayne and the American uh, Idiot Robert are set to wrap up their joint tour on September 16th at the Riverbend Music Center in Cincinnati, Ohio. Meanwhile, Necti has been tapped as the opening act for the tour. Tickets for the tour will go on sale to the general public from uh, Friday, this Friday, May 10th, while City Card, holds, City Card members are given pre-sale access uh, yesterday. The tour announcement comes just days after Wayne teased the possibility of his much-anticipated album, Funeral, which he has been teasing since three years ago by sharing on Instagram, um, his uh, Instagram stories, rather, and with an emoji of a coffin. The rapper first announced the project during a 2016 interview on the Nine Club podcast. Well, that will do it for me for this week. Tune in next time when we do it all over again. You've been listening to That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. And a happy Mother's Day to all the mothers of the world, which is coming up this weekend. And I'll talk to you next time. Take care. <laughs>